Yo, 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 it's your boy, Paul Turner here from the DiscipleProject.net and your host of the Youth Ministry in Motion podcast. <laughs> I have to laugh at that because if you listen to the last episode, that's one of the phrases you're not supposed to say. And I did that for my friend, Jeremy. So Jeremy, if you're listening to this, buddy, that was for you, my friend. And if you're interested in more phrases you shouldn't say as a youth pastor in 2023, well, go ahead and listen to that episode. It's right there in the list there you can see. And if you're brand new here to the podcast and you didn't check out after that uh, ridiculous intro, uh, welcome and thank you for being part of the podcast. Uh, this podcast is all about keeping you motivated and your youth ministry moving forward because youth ministry is important. Ministering to young people is important, which makes you extremely important in the process as you come alongside students, well, that does make you important as well because you're leading them in a youth group somewhere, in your church, in a paraministry, wherever it may be. And uh, I just want to thank you for, for doing the work. Today, no motion metrics, none of those uh, shenanigans. I've already had enough shenanigans already today. So I want to tell you that I got to be a part of a podcast with host Brent Aiken, uh, part of the Student Ministry Conversations podcast, asked me to come on there and talk about youth ministry and the critical part of organization, something you've heard me mention here on the podcast many, many times. But it's possible that I may have said some things that uh, you have never heard me say in regards to being organized in youth ministry and how critically important it is that you be organized in order to do effective youth ministry. Uh, today, I bring you a condensed interview that I had with Brent and I uh, appreciate him, appreciate his time, uh, appreciate him having me on. And so I will put a link down to his podcast down in the show notes. So if you're looking for some great interviews, if you're looking for insightful questions and engaging hosts like myself, well, then, hey, then this uh, this podcast could make your list this year of some of your favorite podcasts. Now, before we jump into this condensed interview that Brent had with me, I want to remind you that it is still January. It's still a great opportunity to be organized yourself. If you do not have a planner yet, can I encourage you to ditch the planner and go with a playbook? A playbook actually tells you what to plan. It actually helps you facilitate ministry. It actually asks the important questions. And in there is all the calendars, all the forms, all the worksheets you need to plan a successful youth ministry this year. I like to think of it as planning a championship youth ministry. And so if you're interested in that and you're interested in all the forms, it's all downloadable. You can make as many copies as you want. And it comes with over a dozen articles as well as uh, two free eBooks. One eBook is called The 10 Excuses that are killing your youth ministry. And I put weapons in your hands that you can defeat these assassins that are coming at you every day, that are killing your dreams. And uh, it will help and it will inspire you to go do the thing that you want to do. Now, the other book that I'm giving you is 40 Days of No Comment. Yes, No Comment. That's the book I wrote. It's a devotional with 40 days in it where you just say, look, I got to take control of my lips here. My, my lips and my tongue and my mouth sometimes get me in trouble uh, as, the, as they did for me. So if you want to get the Youth Ministry Playbook, you want to get the two eBooks, over a dozen articles, and set yourself up for success this year in your youth ministry, well, then I'm going to leave a link down below. Go check it out for yourself. And of course, it is a great way to support this podcast and support my ministry to youth workers just like yourself. Okay, so let's go ahead and jump into the podcast. And I'm going to skip the introductories and the last part there because you normally hear that kind of stuff from me. So I'm just going to give you what we focused on, which is why youth workers should be more organized and 
how to do it. Let's get into it. And so as uh, our listeners know, we typically ask our um, guests to come up with the topic themselves. That way it is much more geared towards them and not towards us. And your topic that you chose for today was how to be organized or to be more organized in youth ministry. And obviously, um, if you've been in the game for a while, um, I think a lot of veteran youth pastors see the need and the necessity of being organized and being structured and being planned. Um, but sometimes it can be overlooked when you're younger in youth ministry. So for everybody listening to this, um, we can look, though, and kind of see that the, in our world today, organization is important. Um, it's all over. There's shows about it. There's 150 how-to articles on the internet at any given moment. Um, but why is it important in student ministry? Wow. Well, there's a lot of reasons for that. But I would start off by saying that being organized is a skill. It is something that you have to work on. You have to figure out being organized in your life. Uh, because if, if you think it's just going to happen, I mean, I don't see organized as a spiritual gift. So if you're waiting for this, this magnificent gift of the Holy Spirit of organization, I don't read that in scripture, uh, but uh, it's something certainly you can work on. Um, now, I would say that uh, you as a youth pastor are working with people who are on schedules. You have parents that have schedules. You have students that are on schedules. You have uh, church people in your congregation that work on schedules. Your pastor works on a schedules, uh, and an unorganized and unorganized uh, environment. Uh, if you have a, put an unorganized person in an organized environment, my guess is that you don't last very long because you cannot keep up with the standards that are around you. And quickly, you are you you become <laughs> you become the person why a meeting doesn't start on time or why this activity doesn't happen or those things because if you're not if you're not organized and you're not um, uh, making it a part of your DNA and part of your work life well then like i said you're you're going to be kind of found out uh, that you're you're not very good at that but i would also say that an organized youth ministry has a greater chance of being successful than a disorganized youth ministry i don't see a lot of articles on youth ministry is how i won the day by being disorganized you know there's there's not a lot of uh, youth ministries that can tout let me tell you why watching 10 hours of Netflix a day really advanced the cause of the kingdom. You know, there's there's no there's no great episodes on that. And I don't think there will be. Uh, and the last thing is, why is this important to to this is because disorganization hurts your credibility. If you are a disorganized person, you are more than likely not given more responsibility. And even the work that you are doing cannot be trusted because you're not coming through. You're, you, you may have great, there, there's great ideas, and then there's poor execution. Ideas are nothing. Execution is everything. Nobody cares about your ideas. Everybody cares about how you're going to carry out what you said you were going to carry out. Well, no, I, I totally agree with that. And I think one of the big things with that is uh, I always equate it back to the uh, ideas in the shower. Everybody has great ideas in the shower, but only about 2% of them ever come to fruition. Um, and a part of that's execution. Um, and so being able to have a plan and then work that plan all the way through execution is organization, uh, 100%. And so that's very, very good explanation on why that is important. Um, but obviously when we get into just the conversation of organization and like in the scope of youth ministry as a whole, 
youth ministry is a cog with a, or a wheel with a lot of moving parts. Um, and there are a lot of things that happen, a lot of things that are going um, seasonally, some that are going year round. Um, but so what are some specific things in ministry that will be more efficient as you learn to be more organized? Well, I think it affects uh, everything. And once again, I want to also point out that I was not, I wasn't born organized. Okay. <laughs> this is, <laughs> uh, nobody is born organized per se. Nobody is, uh, you know, uh, learning how to do certain things at, at very young ages. And you may, your personality may dictate some of that. Uh, but as a skill, it's something we're always learning. It's something that I had to learn. I've not, I mean, when I was, if you looked at me as a younger youth pastor, you would clearly tell that I was disorganized, that somehow I didn't, I didn't put A and B together, or I only thought that my ideas counted, or I thought my schedule was the only one that counted. And so when you're, so I want people that are listening and watching to know that this is something I've learned over time and how it impacts the rest of youth ministry is uh, the fact that you operate on monthly or quarterly. There's some people who plan their events, uh, plan events monthly, or they're general in their, in their youth meetings. I mean, you have to organize your teaching calendar. You have to organize your preaching calendar. You have to organize your Sunday school class. You have to decide whether you're going to use A curriculum or B curriculum. And that has to be put in at a certain time for you to be able to get that back at a certain time. Uh, your camps, that's a critical area. If your camp is not organized, if you don't have your van rented, if you don't have, if you're planning your own camp and you don't have facilities rented, if you don't have your guest speaker uh, booked, it, you know, things like trips, like I said, if you don't, if you're renting a bus, if you don't have a certain amount of uh, adult volunteers that you need to have for that event. Uh, and also, I think really critical is being organized in things like the bigger paradigms like discipleship. You know, how does discipleship work? How is that organized? How is that put into a process that makes sense to where whether you're doing a retreat at the beginning of the year or it's an ongoing one-to-one, -one, or uh, you know, how, or even if you just slot into your organizational chart where you're going to be experimenting with things. Everything doesn't have to be permanent. Some things can be experimental, but that is also organized. You can't just immediately announce. The worst thing I ever did to my adult volunteers, and God bless them if they should ever listen to this, I am sorry for last-minute decisions <laughs> that I just made that I did not prep you for, right? That I should have prepped you weeks in advance maybe even months in advance, but because this young brain had an idea, uh, I thought it would be good to do that without uh, actually checking with people. So uh, I want to be able to say that uh, that being organized impacts every area of your youth ministry. It impacts everything from you being on time for your staff meetings to you being making sure that your adult volunteers know when your meetings are, when you are having a meeting. And so all, whether it's a Zoom meeting, whether it's a 10-minute call, whatever those things are, all that results on the youth leader having the cognizance of saying that has to make it on the calendar, in my phone, uh, on a post-it note, wherever that needs to be. All of those organizational factors have to go into that. And of, of course, that's scalable. In the youth ministry I'm in now, if I have a dozen kids where only X amount of parents go, 
you know, to church there. And I have other kids, kids that are there whose parents don't attend church. Then I have to work a little bit hard to get in touch with those parents for certain activities and things of that nature. But if you have a large ministry, and I would say large these days is maybe, you know, 50 and above, uh, where you have to, you know, that size will dictate the level of organization that you need to be in. Not that you can't be organized with a dozen kids. You still have to be organized. I still have to figure out, like I'm taking kids on a retreat this weekend. I have to make sure that I, the way, I, we don't have a church van. So I have to say, well, okay, uh, we're going to meet at the gas station, right? I have to let everybody know we're meeting at the gas station because it's local, right? So I say, all right, meet me at the gas station. I'll pick you guys up there and then we'll head out. Or if I have a student who lives further away, I have to, like I talked with a parent last night and said, hey, do you need me to pick them up on the way or do you need me to, uh, or are you going to drive them to the camp? Are students driving their own vehicles or are you picking them up? There's all those little factors that sometimes parents don't even know what, what their child is doing. And so you have to be organized, even if you have 12 kids or you have 50 kids or you have 100 kids, it's all scalable. And all the tools that you know, we talk about, you just have to scale it to, to, the, uh, to the degree that you, that, that you are required to, that is going to help your youth ministry flow to, to the best of its ability. Yeah, no, 100%. And the thing is, is like you said, um, it kind of has to be an organization at all levels. You can't really do a one and done kind of mindset when it comes to this. But for the youth pastor, that's maybe like, all right, no, I can see this as a flaw of mine. I can see this as maybe a hindrance um, that's currently a part of me or maybe... Uh, yeah, now that you're speaking on this, I I've, I have had like a bunch of parents and my pastor kind of uh, getting on to me for not being organized. Where would you recommend that they start as far as like a, hey, hit the ground running with these three things to get organized? Well, what I would say is, first of all, they have to check their own habits, right? If anything is going to limit you from being organized is going to be your own bad habits and do your own inventory. Am I late to meetings? Why am I late to meetings? Do I feel like I have to uh, stop and get Starbucks on the way to the meeting? Do I have to finish whatever it is I'm doing? Whether it's like this was bad for me. I used to like have to, like like I've like back in the day when you couldn't uh, DVR things, right? When you couldn't record things or they weren't streaming, uh, you had to watch it in the moment. You had to like, oh, listen, I got to watch this. This is like you know, an end of a show or whatever it is, like, I got to watch this because it's not coming back on. Uh, I just, or you have to rent it on, you know, DVD or whatever you have to do. And I said, well, I have to then internally look at my own habits. What is causing me to be late? What is, you know, there's a certain sense of narcissism too that you have to look at that says, well, this meeting is going to start when I get there. I mean, you have to then reel that in and say, well, are you, are you simply just focused on yourself and that everybody else can wait for you? Uh, so I think it's a matter of inventory, first of all, is to make sure that you are uh, taking care of your own personal habits, whether it's your you know, streaming habits, and your watching habits, or whether it's how you organize your time at home. Uh, but call out those bad habits, write them down and say, look, these are bad habits of mine and I have to do this. And then I would put, what are the consequences of these habits? What is it causing me? How much trouble is it causing me? And usually we don't change anything unless there's a pain point, unless there's an opportunity where we say, this behavior hurts me. It's hurting me professionally. It's hurting me personally. It's hurting me uh, in my character, maybe, because people don't see me as trustworthy uh, to handle an assignment. Uh, whatever that is, I think you have to first start with that. 
The next thing I would say is if you're wanting to be organized, you know, you want to be able to try a lot of things, right? There's all kinds of tools out there that you can use. What tool best works for you? Now, I've tried everything. I've tried everything from, you know, having huge marker wall calendars on the quarter, right? I used to have, I used, no lie, I had used at one point had four calendars. I had the calendar, my planner, I had the wall calendar, I had the church calendar, and then I had like a calendar at home. So uh, every time I wrote something down, I wrote it down four times. Now, I'm not saying that's what you should do, because I think that's a bit, that's a bit overboard. And I, and, and, you know, I had to say, okay, I got to focus and kind of bring everything in here. Otherwise, I may miss something. Uh, but try everything for your own sake. Try like I've, I've done post-it notes on the wall. I've done just writing things down and do that. But for anybody that wants to start getting organized, you know, try digital, right? Try apps like Calendly or Monday or, uh, you know, your own or Google Calendar or something that is accessible everywhere that you can say, oh, I can just tap into that and, and get a hold of that. Try a pad and paper. If you find it best to use uh, dead wood, man, that's great. You know, go ahead and find a planner to do that for you or just a yellow pad and say, this is Monday. I'm going to write all these things down. Um, if it's visuals, if you do need visuals, if you need some sort of uh, visual element with that, well, then go ahead and use post-it notes or use uh, you know different things that are going to click with you visually to remind you that these things are happening. Also, try audio. You know, if you if you want to record, and you you know most phones have a memo uh, app on there where you can do an audio memo. If you need to record your day and then listen to it back, well, go ahead and do that. That's an easy way to try as well. Um, you know, I think it's a matter of, of trying a lot of things and finding out what, what is going to work for you. But if you don't check those things, if you don't, if you're bad at it, if you need to send yourself email reminders, probably the best thing that I have here, at least on my phone is, uh, reminders, right? I just have reminders. I just set myself and I'll just say, Hey, uh, I have a podcast at 10, 10 AM. Please remind me at nine 30. And so when I record that and and when I have that, and it reminds me, and I, sometimes I'll put two or three multiple reminders a day. I want to be reminded an hour before, 30 minutes before, and 15 minutes before. Now that you say, well, that's overdoing it. Well, I say, well, if you're disorganized, I don't think you can have enough strip wires, if you will, in place. They're going to remind you of the things that you need to have. So whether that's putting up, you know, your, your post-it notes in your bathroom, where you're going to most likely see these visual signs that you need to get things done, or whether it's, uh, sending yourself or, or having digital capabilities, they're going to, uh, you know, you set an alarm for those things. Um, you know, and like so I set alarms on my phone all the time. It says, you know, you need to stop doing this at this time. You need to start doing this at this time. A reminder to go to the grocery store and say, you know, I got to go pick up milk. Uh, and those are, you know, those, like I said, it seems like I'm a crazy person to do that, but I value my time. And I think most youth pastors who are busy value their time. And if you value your time, then being overly organized is a good thing because you're going to wind up saving your money, saving your money, saving your time uh, in ways that you didn't even think. Would you rather ask yourself this? Would you rather have three reminders to book the van at a certain time? Or would you rather explain to parents why now you're asking all the parents, as many parents as can, to drive you to camp? So is it, and so when you start figuring out, that uh, failure is not great, you'll start to remind yourself because you don't like that feeling of disorganization and of failure that you'll try multiple things to get to get there, to be more or be as organized as you can be. 
all listening to kind of all what you just said there, it kind of makes me think back to just the mindset of um, kind of the underlying um, feature in everything that you just said was discipline um, and what being personal discipline. So how does personal, like how does disciplining yourself and disciplining your own habits fall into organization? Well, your personal, look, discipline is the core, core word of discipleship. In order to be a disciple, you have to have some sort of discipline. There are things that Jesus taught, right, about prayer. Uh, you know, I always point to the upper room where they uh, had the Last Supper. Well, somebody had to book that room. Somebody had to, one of the disciples had to go do that. Somebody had to make sure the bread was there. Somebody had to make sure the wine was there. Somebody, but you know what? There was one element missing. Somebody forgot to get the foot washer right? There was, somebody was not, somebody dropped that job. I don't know who that was. I'm going to say Judas. Judas, it was his job, and I'll say he forgot it uh, for whatever reason. Uh, but, but then that created an opportunity for Jesus to say, okay, I'm going to wash the feet of disciples. But if you look at all the, all the steps that were required for that moment to happen, they didn't happen by themselves. Jesus didn't just do a miracle and say, well, all these things are suddenly going to appear. Uh, everybody had to do a part to make that happen. And so when something doesn't happen, you have to be disciplined enough to say, okay, I have to think this through top to bottom. And what I say is start with the end in mind, right? Everything is planned with the end in mind. That whatever you're planning, if, if the experience you want to have, and that doesn't matter whether it's a youth meeting, a camp, a retreat, uh, a service, uh, whatever it is you're planning, has to start with what is the end result? What is it I'm trying to get out of this? And then you have to work through that list that gets you there. Because if you're not working through the list and you're just, if, by the way, this, this is a terrible planning strategy. If you're hoping, if you're just crossing your fingers that everything's going to go okay, that's not a great strategy. You have to actually do the work and plan it in your head because then you have to think, if you're planning a service, you have to say, okay, what if X happens? And what if Y happens? And you have to think, well, what if I run out of time? What if you have to go through some what if scenarios to make sure that you have, have contingency plans? My contingency plans have contingency plans, okay? So I have just learned that if you've ever, if you've done anything in youth ministry, nothing goes the way it's supposed to go. What if the technology fails? What if you're at camp and, and the visual goes out and that really cool video you wanted to show doesn't work. What is your backup for that? And one of the things that I made sure in youth ministry that I did was every piece of media was tested before I went up from the PowerPoint to the video, because I've been in those situations where you assume something's going to work. And if you assume that it's going to work, the chances are it is probably not going to work. You have to test those. So there are certain, like you said, I think that's so key that there has to be a certain discipline to it uh, where you say, okay, test the media. Are my notes ready? Uh, you know, are my slides good? You know, whatever that is, whatever you're preparing for, you then go to the end and say, this is what I want it to look like. I want to be organized. I want to be on point. I want to be able to have all these things in a row, what then does get me there? What are all the things? And what are the things that are going to prevent me from getting there? What is going to be a tripwire for me that uh, that's that's going to blow this whole thing up that I did not think about, you know, and, and you have to be able to work through those processes and have a sense of personal discipline in that to um, to make sure that things go well. And there's going to be some things that you can't even plan for. There's, there's ridiculous things you can't, you can't plan for everything. 
but you can plan knowing the kinds of students you have, uh, who, who's going to take over a meeting, who's going to, or an adult leader, it's like they're prone to, uh, uh, you know, forget something or whatever it is that you may have to send that youth leader triple reminders because they need to, they need triple reminders. So you, that, that's the point there is that there has to be a sense of certain, a certain sense of discipline for yourself because you know the kinds of outcomes that you want to have. Yeah. And I loved how I loved your conversations about having contingency plans on contingency plans and everything like that. And I think one of the common things that we uh, that I hear, especially with younger youth pastors, and I mean, I, I definitely have been guilty of this in the past as well, is uh, they're just like, oh, well, I, it's it's OK, because I think I'm, I'm good at thinking on my feet. What's the difference between thinking on your feet and being unorganized? Well, thinking on your feet is okay when something happens. The problem is that thinking on your feet does not necessarily get you to the goals. In other words, when you're thinking on your feet, you're adapting to a situation. The question is, can you keep your end goal in mind or is the end goal changing? And if your end goal changes, well, then you have to then, then you do, you adapt on the fly. If you planned an event for 20 kids and two shows up, what's your plan? Right. See, you you either have a plan or your kids have a plan. Right. It's simple as that. You either if you're thinking, I'm just going to do this. Yeah. But what if you don't have the numbers? What if the kid what if everybody doesn't show up for that? What's your what's your contingency plan? And if you say, oh, no, they'll show up. Well, I would say that's presumption and presumption is a bad place to be. If you think when you plan an event for 120 show up. You've already then, then you've said, I've paid too much for food. I paid too much for this thing. I'm over budget, all those things. And you have to be able to say, uh, thinking on your feet is one thing, but I think that's the, I think that's the anomaly. I think that's, everybody needs to think on their feet. If you're in youth ministry and you're not thinking on your feet all the time, you, you need to take an improv class <laughs> because you're going to have to, you're, you're going to have to do that. But when it comes to plans, and outcomes. When you want a certain outcome, then I think that requires planning. Everybody needs to think on everybody needs to think on their feet though. Yeah. And I, I just think there's a dangerous parallel or a dangerous um unintended correlation between um people that say that they're just good at thinking on their feet and the ones that really don't have a plan at all and are just kind of winging it as they go. And right. in the grand scheme of things, like you said, if you're winging it, you're not going to hit your end goal. Your end yeah, goal you, is going to change. Yeah. And do you know who doesn't care about whether or not you think good on your feet or not? Your pastor. Do you know who doesn't care whether you're good at thinking on your feet? Your parents. Do you know who else is not great or thrilled that you can think on your feet? Your students, right? They're fine. That's, a, that's an ability and a skill you can have. But thinking on your feet only gets you so far. Plans being organized shows a process. It shows uh, that you're goal-oriented. It shows that this thing is going somewhere. You can show up to a meeting and not plan and simply have a youth meeting. But the problem is that when you're asked about where the youth ministry is going or where is this heading, you know, this is not a good answer, okay? Shrugging your shoulders and doing this while I think on my feet, that's not a great answer in a staff meeting. Well, I think great on my feet, it doesn't matter. And that's, you know, prone to get you... Uh, prone to get you in trouble. I would not count on that as a, uh, as a reliable skill. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. And I, I, like I said, I mean, I think organization is, uh, it's a big part. You have to have a plan, um, in order to make things happen. And the thing is, is 
Um, you can adapt that plan. Like you said, you can change it. You can modify it. You can ratify it, whatever you need to do. But the thing is, is there still has to be some groundwork of, hey, this is the idea. This is where we're going. This is my end goal. And uh, great, great stuff as far as that goes. But obviously, as far as this goes, there's not a carbon copy organizational practice that works for everybody. I mean, we all can't work on Evernote. Um, that can't be the uh, opportunity for um, organization for everybody. Um, Google Calendar is not going to work for everybody. But at the same time, having the daily planner, pen and paper doesn't work for everybody as well. Um, so how do you go about finding methods and practices that work for you? Well, I would say you need to talk to, first of all, you talk to the people that are closest to you right? They will be honest with you. They will tell you what you need. What Ask the question, what do I need to be more organized? And I think you have to listen to the people around you and you have to be willing to take a certain element of criticism uh, and a certain element of direction. So when you ask your pastor, pastor, what will help me? Or ask people, what helps you be more organized? And I think you want, when you collect the data, right? In addition to what I said earlier about try everything, try everything that works for you. Maybe you're a visual learner. Maybe you're an audio learner. Maybe, maybe you need to have a combination of two or three of those things. But I think you also need to have the ability to listen to feedback. Ask people what makes you more, what makes you the most organized. Ask people in your church who are business people, who run companies, who, uh, whether they're big companies or just small companies, Find the most organized person in your church and pick their brand and says, hey, what, what keeps you on point? How do you, I mean, look, you have payroll, you have to do schedules. Even if it's the person who manages the local, uh, your local pizza place, they have to have employees, they have to have work schedules, they have to have those things. What really keeps you on board with keeping all your tasks? Or ask moms, ask dads, just ask people. And I think there's a, uh, stigma with with ministry in, in general, if you're a leader in ministry, that the stigma is that you know everything, that you have everything together. And I think that has to be done away with. I think that has to be uh, buried because if you come in with humility and because if you say, look, I don't know everything, what do you use? What is your skill? Ask other youth pastors in your, your area, what keeps you disciplined? How do you discipline yourself? What organizational tools that you use? And I think the key to finding what is right for you is all of those things. Try everything, get advice, uh, uh, you know, be humble uh, to not knowing everything and, and simply weighing those against your own personality, weighing those against your habits, weighing those against some other things. But you eventually, I would say this, you eventually have to choose. You have to try. Try something for 30 days. Try something else for another 30 days. You know, but weigh that against that the expectations are not going to stop, right? Your your pastor still has expectations. Your experimenting does not stop the fact that you have to execute on the things that you're supposed to execute on. So I would say, uh, ask and and ask of people. Say, look, I'm not really good at this. Can you help me? Can, what do you recommend? Start with basic things and then kind of work your way out from there of whatever's going to work best for you. And then also do an inventory of what really needs organization, right? How is your communication with parents? How is your communication with uh, your adult leaders? How is your communication with students? You know, what is it that needs the most organization in your ministry? And what needs the least amount of organization? What requires 
you know, a post on Instagram and what requires you to do a four week buildup, right? If you're doing a change in ministry or a paradigm shift, well, guess what? That's going to require a whole lot more preparation and organization than, hey, I'll be at McDonald's tonight. See you there at four o'clock, you know, as a as, as you're, you're putting out on Instagram, whoever wants to come can come. So, uh, you know, it, everything is not right for everybody, but you still have to investigate and experiment and try all the things that are going to work for you. But eventually you're going to need to settle on something because all the experimenting will do is the, the goal of ex- experimentation is to find out what is best for you. Choose something and then run with that. No, I definitely agree. And I would add two things to that. First off, um, when you get to a point to where you find something that works, don't just believe that it's going to be the best thing ever and work with it for the rest of your life. Even if you find something organizational that works for you, I would still recommend and encourage you to try new things because there might be something out there that works even better for you. And then the other half of that is when you go out and do your organization, um, you have to be um, you have to be aware of your own strengths, your own weaknesses, um, and don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, sometimes when you have to plan things, you're going to plan things that you're going to be like, I don't know anything about this. It's okay to ask for help. Uh, because when you ask for help, not only are you building relationships by bringing someone in and asking for their input, which automatically is going to build trust with that person because you're asking for their input, but then also it's probably going to turn out to be a better event because you're trying to pull other people. You're pulling in other resources, other opportunities, and more experience and wisdom to make that thing that you're planning work even better. Whether that be organizing a Wednesday night, organizing a church camp, organizing a, a mission trip, whatever, Make sure that you involve other people um, and really, really work on finding the people that have skill sets in your area, whether it be an organization or a church or anything. Find people in your area that don't have the same skill sets as you, because it's super, super important to have that. Absolutely. And I was going to say, if you're in a meeting, why are you, you don't have to, you can run the meeting, but make sure you have a note taker. Make sure you have somebody who is, is going to remind you of things you said. If you have a youth meeting, go ahead and have a student who assists you. It's not necessarily about how much more. You don't have to have a team of 20. But if you have the right size team for you, then you're, the more people that are involved are going to see your blind spots. Say, hey, did you think about this? Have you thought about that? And you're going to get, like you said, other opinions in there. So, yeah, don't try to organize by yourself. Have a team of people, regardless of what it is, that you have three or four people that are involved in the organization of the event so that there can be delegation, so that there can be ideas that you didn't even think of, uh, so that blind spots can come out, uh, so that uh, people who have gifts to use that you didn't even know existed could then present their gifts to be used uh, in that element or in that event. And so, yeah, absolutely. Don't don't plan alone. That The accountability factor is huge there. Yeah. The number of times that I have gone um, and stopped myself from doing an event because I asked someone else and they were like, that is stupid. Don't do that. Um, I mean, fought so many times that it has saved my skin on something that was either poorly planned or something that would not have gone over well with the kids or yeah. something that the parents would have seen and been like, uh, that's not safe or yeah. something to that nature. Have those extra voices and sounding boards where you can bounce I think we've stuff seen, off. I think, yes, I think we've seen this in youth ministry before, 
where a bad idea goes awry. There was not enough. <laughs> there was not enough people in the lineup that didn't check down on this. Somebody, they, there was not enough people to say that was a bad idea. Probably shouldn't have done that. Yeah, no, definitely. And so as we're kind of moving on and kind of closing out uh, this conversation, um, do you have any recommendations on resources that can help someone that's trying to get more organized in youth ministry? Sure. Yeah, there's plenty of things uh, you can use. There are plenty of planners on the market. And it doesn't matter whether you use a notebook or whether you use uh, a specific planner, those kind of things. The problem with planners, though, and even empty notebooks is they actually don't tell you what to plan. And there's very few of them that are directed towards youth pastors that understand and know the needs of youth pastors. So what does a youth pastor need to know versus a parent? Or what does, uh, what does a youth pastor need to know versus somebody in business uh, or those things? And uh, I would say, you know, the resources that are out there, like I said, if you're just a plain notebook person that you need to take notes and write a date at the top and all that, perfectly okay. If you say, well, I need something more, well, then you can investigate. Go look on the app store and just look under organization or organize or meetings or things of that nature. I mean, there's things like Slack, but Slack doesn't work for everybody. You know, there's Discord, which is uh, great for audio or text uh, or video for that matter. So if you want to do Discord, you know, and as generations get younger, the, the older, and this is a, a slight on my generation, there are, uh, the older generations are less likely to adapt to new technology. They would rather you, right now, they're just fine if you text them right? Send me a text, send me an email. And sometimes emails don't even get open. But the younger generations, as, the, as you get younger, you, I think you need to explore new technology, whether that's Discord, whether that's uh, you know, new apps on there and things like that, that you can be able to look for. But if you want to find something that's very specific towards youth ministry, uh, I did write a resource and I initially started this resource for myself that to help, what do I need to keep myself organized? And so I wound up putting together what I call the My Youth Ministry Playbook, because the difference is that a, a planner, like I said, doesn't help you plan. It, you have to come with all the planning. And if you don't have the skill set for that yet, uh, what, this, what the Youth Ministry Playbook does, it gives you a playbook. It gives you everything from the calendar month to the things that I think are important. Like example, the My Monthly To-Do. Are, has has six things on there that I make sure that I have little lines there that are that are there. And you can print this off, put it in a binder. Once again, I love dead paper. I love a physical object that I need to carry around with me because it becomes a visual reminder because they say out of sight, out of mind. But I like the visual reminder. So the things that it reminds me to do, like example, new, new students to follow up with. I can make a list of new names. I had a young man last night that I want to follow up with. Uh, you have an event to-do list. Most youth ministries have at least maybe one event per month or at least one event per quarter. So then there's a little note there where it's, hey, look, there's four slots to be able to do that. Uh, touch base with my pastor about. You know, there's sometimes youth pastors don't think about, I got to touch base with my pastor on this. Is there a change? Is there a problem? Is there a challenge? Is there a concern? And when we don't touch base with our pastor about things, well, the, you know, bad things can happen. What do my leaders need to know? And these can be uh, student leaders. They can be adult leaders. What do my leaders need to know? Because that, once again, reminds me that I need to be in touch with them. What do my parents need to know? That's critical. Uh, if my parents don't know what's going on, that's just going to bring trouble back on me. Uh, the earlier that I can show them what's happening, whether it's a calendar, uh, a camp, a uh, retreat, 
you know, you can't bust that on a parent a month before. It has to be three months before, four months before. If you're doing an outreach, you can't say one week we're doing this and next week we have this huge outreach that we're going to do. You really got to prep people for that. And that's your, your parents and your, your leaders need to know those things. And then the last thing is student leaders to invest in. You know, sometimes we get so, um, uh, we get these blinders on and I used to be called, I used to call it, you know, when you talk about planning by yourself, I call it locking yourself in the lab, you know, that we all are these mad scientists, youth pastors that we're in here, you know, click clacking away and we have beakers and Bunsen burners and we're mixing up the next greatest thing. And we think that's it. We've had no feedback. We've had nobody in on it. We're just locked in the lab and, and we don't, uh, we don't execute well on that. We just think it's a great idea. When somebody says that's a terrible idea, we're, we're deflated. So you have to then find, look, student leaders to invest in, because you, you need to remind yourself that you don't do things alone. You need parents, you need adult volunteers, you need your pastor, you need other students. And when you have those physical reminders with you, uh, that's clearly uh, a way that you process that month to month. And what I, how I organize it is just by month, every month, you're going to get a to-do list with that list on there. Um, you also get a, a weekly planner, and you can make as many copies of these as you want, right? It comes as a as a little bundle with not only the, the playbook with all the organization tools I'm talking about, but it also comes with about a dozen articles. It comes with checklists. It comes with things that I go through that I have to write for myself, so I make sure that I write it for other people. So, yeah, you have a weekly planner. You have an event planner. Right. And the event planner, it asks you, you know, what are your ideas? Well, you know, what will I ask adults to do? What will I ask students to do? And what am I responsible for? Uh, then it gives you little event budgets. Right. You can make as many copies as you want. What, things like food or marketing or prizes or supplies or things that you might need for that. Uh, then you have your, your event budget, but then you have your monthly budgets. You know, what are you spending per month? If you don't know what you're spending, well, you don't know if you're, you're not allocating your funds correctly. And then at the end of the month, at the end of the month, I give you a, a month in review page. What worked? What didn't? Uh, where, do I, where did I grow? And what do I need to learn? Because I think that's all part of a youth pastor's process, especially if you're a new youth pastor. If you're a new youth pastor, you know what, when you graduated college uh, and you got hired, that's the day everybody said, oh, great, we have the answer to all our problems. And now all eyes are upon you to solve problems, to get this youth ministry back on track or to get it off the ground and, you know, not being organized. And listen, I want to point this out, too, that this is not organization is not a substitute for prayer, reading scripture your own personal spiritual disciplines, that is to be, to me, that is to be um, uh, uh, the basis. That's the foundation of everything. I can't plan, I shouldn't have to, I'm not planning for you to say, well, I should pray every day. If you're not praying every day, it doesn't matter how well organized you're going to be because, because you're not in tune with what's going on. It's not to, you're not organizing the Holy Spirit out of your life. You're, you're creating boundaries. Organization, all that is, is boundaries to help you focus, to allow the process of whatever the Lord's put on your heart for your youth ministry. Disorganization sends you everywhere, but organization gives you those boundaries like bowling. There are two gutters on either side, and you know where you're supposed to you know, throw the ball. 
And that's all organization is. And so if people are looking for a tool like that, uh, they're, they're welcome to check out my resources or other people's resources. But organization is a critical, uh, I believe, a critical part to uh, making sure that your youth ministry can function and achieve uh, the goals and dreams that God's put in your heart for that ministry. And that is it. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I hope you enjoyed the interview that I had with Brent. He is a great guy, great dude. Go listen to some other episodes that he has there on his podcast, Dude Ministry Conversations. There's a link in the show notes because I think you'll learn a lot. I think uh, we should always have uh, diversity in the things that we listen to because we learn from one another. And uh, if you are wondering today, if you're doing a good job, nobody's told you lately that you're doing a good job. Well, let me tell you, you're doing a good job and you're only going to get better. And I'll catch you guys in the next episode.